0: Good Risings. I'm Marie Burns-Holzer, and this is Spoonful of Spirituality. Now, spirituality isn't about navel-gazing. It's about changing your world from the inside out to be more in tune and connected to all of creation. That's why this week, I want to talk about embodiment. Embodiment, it's an interesting word. It means the tangible expression of an idea or feeling in physical form. More specifically, in the way that we'll be using it this week, embodiment means feeling an idea or quality in your body and expressing it physically. So let's start with something we're all familiar with song. From the time we are infants, people sing to us. It's how we mark birthdays and how we learn the alphabet. Popular songs embed themselves so deep into our brains. The companies will pay exorbitant amounts of money to use those songs in their commercials, in the hopes that we will hum that particular tune, and will think of their product and want to buy it. The beauty of music is that it gives us space to release our biggest emotions in a safe and often socially acceptable way. If you've ever gone to your favorite band's concert and started to sing along with the thousands of other people present. You know that feeling. It's magic. It's the same feeling that makes car karaoke on a road trip with your loved ones so fun. There are two things happening when you engage with music by singing. First, you get catharsis, that purging of strong emotions that sometimes you didn't even know you had until the song started. Singing allows you to release those emotions, quite literally completing what is known as the stress cycle, by telling your body that you are safe from whatever threat you were feeling, and now you've achieved equilibrium again. You're okay now. The second thing that happens when you sing with others is, well, due to the wonders of biology. When you sing with other people, your breath, and thus your heartbeats, synchronize with each other. If you grew up in a Christian church, you may have heard the phrase, let us be of one heart. That's not a bad description for what happens when people sing together. It creates a sense of connection, of kinship in a unique and incredibly powerful way. So as you start your morning, I'm going to ask you to sing today. Sing with someone you love if you can. Allow yourself to feel whatever comes through as you listen to a song that just speaks to you. Let that catharsis, that acting out and releasing of emotion, Happen. A healthy spirit is grounded in knowing that what you feel is powerful and important, but that emotions are meant to be felt and then released so that the flow of life can continue. This week, we're talking about embodiment and how feeling an idea or quality in your body and expressing it physically is an essential part of a healthy spiritual life. And one of the most basic ways you can body spirit is by walking. Yeah, walking. Humanity evolved to walk, and it is one of the simplest and best spiritual tools I know of to recenter myself. When I'm in a bad mood, feeling lost or uncertain, or I simply need a break from the TV, laptop, and phone screens in constant rotation during my day, a walk can reset my day. The joy of feeling your body move, is both a simple pleasure and a way to physically work out whatever ideas or emotions are rolling around inside of you. G.M. Trevelyan once said, After a day's walk, everything has twice its usual value. It's no wonder that artists, philosophers, theologians, and other great thinkers throughout history have sworn by the practice of walking. So often we forget that, while we are intellectual and spiritual creatures, We're still animals. Our bodies are how we experience life. The Vietnamese Buddhist monk and peace activist, Thich Nhat Hanh, is known as the father of mindfulness. He recommends walking meditation. First, you go outside and you walk with no goal in mind, no destination or pace you need to hit. You just walk as if you are the happiest and most peaceful person in the world. Yeah, that's it. He explains that as you walk, you press your concerns into the ground with your foot, knowing that the earth can take it and transmute it for you into something uplifting. You then raise your foot for another step, feeling happiness, serenity lifting you up. Sorrows are left as footprints, and calm is lifted into your body, with every step. Eventually, you will begin to press into the ground with joy and lift your foot with peace, creating a new cycle with your energy. So as you start your day, consider going for a walk. It doesn't have to be long. Five minutes will do. But walk mindfully. Don't listen to music. Hear the world around you. Feel the energy of the day, of the weather, of the people, and animals around you. Practice mindfulness with every step and try to embody the peace and happiness that you want for yourself. And once you can start to feel that for yourself, gently extend that feeling, that embodiment of joy and serenity out to those around you. Move through your day rooted in that sense of wellness and connection. You'll be amazed at what a difference a walk can make. This week, we've been talking about embodiment and how feeling an idea or quality in your body and expressing it physically is an essential part of a healthy spiritual life. Today, we're going to talk about dance. Ecstatic dance has a long history in spiritual practices. In shamanic practices and traditions from Siberia to Chile, People have been beating drums and dancing around fires for as long as humanity has existed. We did it as a way to commune with the spirits, lose oneself in a sense of community and belonging, and worship whatever sources of the divine we knew. Some of our most well-documented tales of ecstatic dancing comes from the ancient Greeks all the way back to the 3rd century BCE. They had maenads female worshippers of the god of wine, festivity, and theater, Dionysus himself. Maenads were known as the raving ones or the mad women because they would dance feverishly in costumes of ivy and vines, sometimes handling snakes and getting out of themselves in a wild delirium to connect with their god. They called this state ecstasis, which is how we get our word for ecstasy. The Muslim Sufi are an order who have taken vows of poverty and austerity, or extreme plainness as to not draw attention to themselves. Yet, even this stern sect of the Muslim world has a history of dervishes dating back to the 12th century CE, who whirled and howled with religious ecstasy. They were so moving, so mesmerizing, that they had tales told about them in every corner of our world for centuries. Even if you are not a religious person, dancing can have a healing and elevating place in your spiritual practice. Ariel Meadow Stallings is the founder of Offbeat Bride, and in recent years, started a personal daily dance practice as a way to reconnect with her body as she moved through some heavy personal losses and changes. She started to share her personal dance practice on Instagram. And well, since 2020, had has us all stuck at home and feeling anxious full of grief and frustration with nowhere to put those emotions. She started offering a class, teaching what she had learned in her own dance practice, which she cheekily calls "lap Dances for God, lowercase g on the god. For one song a day, she dances in her kitchen or in front of an altar with candles and various personal mementos to literally move her body through her feelings by feeling them in her body. Sometimes it's sad, Sometimes it's peaceful, sometimes it's ecstatic. But like yoga or meditation, it's about showing up daily for yourself to see what you need to feel and work out in your body. Since following her, I've developed my own version of the practice, which I call my somatic devotional, to fully and literally work through my emotions and feelings in my body. But you don't have to be precious about it if you don't want to. It can be as simple as putting on a song that moves you and having a dance party of one. This can be a great practice if you have little ones who need to work out emotions and frustrations they're having. It's also something you can make a family activity. Or it can be a sacred private ritual in which you light some candles or incense, turn out the lights, and express with your body whatever you're working through at the moment. You can take three minutes or 30. It's entirely up to you. we've been talking about embodiment and how feeling an idea or quality in your body and expressing it physically is an essential part of a healthy spiritual life. And today, we're going to discuss modified expression. Too often when we discuss movements, such as dance or walking, we forget that not everyone can walk. Not everyone can dance. Physical impairments can limit what our bodies can do, An illness or injury affects everyone, eventually. And that's why it's so important to discuss modified expression as necessary for both physical and spiritual health. Because we've discussed singing, walking, and dancing this week, I wanted to add ways that those could be modified for people with disabilities, illness, or injury. For example, people who are hard of hearing, or deaf, music is a very different experience. The great composer Beethoven went completely deaf in his later years, yet he still composed music, because music is a vibration in the air. Singing, humming, and chanting are all things that can be done by those who are hard of hearing or deaf, to simply enjoy the feeling of your chest and face vibrating with the sound. Part of the Inuit practice of throat singing is standing closely with your partner and each other as you sing. Whether you can hear well or not, you can feel the vibrations between the two of you. For some people with physical disabilities, a walk is just not something they can do. The walking meditation we talked about earlier can be done in a wheelchair. With every movement forward, you let the wheels of the wheelchair act like a water wheel, pulling up fresh happiness and peace, and releasing down into the earth your pain frustration and worries. For those who can walk but don't walk well, going slowly and intentionally can actually increase the effectiveness of a walking meditation. For dance, it's all about moving in whatever way you can that feels good to you. As someone with chronic illnesses, it was so refreshing when Ariel Meadow Stallings encouraged those who took her class called Lap Dances for God to lie on our backs and to be like a dead bug on the floor. You lie there or gently move your limbs in ways that feel good to you as you're on your back. I know it sounds a bit insane, but it felt so freeing when I did it on a bad pain day in which I was mostly bedbound. Moving what you can, how you can, is more than enough. It's exactly what you need when you need it. That's the whole point of embodiment to bring into focus your inner life through the physical act of being alive. So as you go into your day, find some way to celebrate the fact that you are alive. You are here in your body and see how it makes you feel. We've talked about the spiritual practices around embodiment, bringing the ideas and feelings we have into the physical. We've talked about singing and music, dancing and walking, and how to modify those expressions according to our ability. But the thing I've noticed that people seem to struggle with the most is stillness. This is usually the first protest against the idea of meditation. What is being still for hours going to do for me? I don't have time for that. There is a Zen proverb that says, if you don't have time to meditate for an hour every day, Should meditate for two hours. Now, as a busy small business owner and mother, I wanted to scream the first time I heard that. But now that I'm years into my own meditation practices and I do several forms, I understand the wisdom being expressed here. Stillness teaches us to slow down, to stop rushing. See, time is a very tricky thing, scientifically speaking. If you remove the concept of seconds, minutes, and hours, how do you mark time? The most logical response is that we usually measure time by days and seasons. And on Earth, you would be right. But what happens if we're not on Earth? How do we measure time without a rotation around the sun to mark the passage of time? And physicists posit that gravity warps time. That means the closer you get to an object with strong gravitational force, the slower time moves. Speed can also change the way time behaves. If you were to travel at the speed of light, time slows down relative to a stationary object. This is actually explained in the Twin Paradox, a thought experiment in which one twin stays on Earth and the other travels in a high-speed rocket. Upon returning, the twin who traveled in the rocket would be younger than the twin who stayed on Earth. But why are we discussing gravitational time warping with meditation and stillness? Well, because time is relative. Meditation, specifically sitting meditation, in which you sit in stillness, has taught me that my perception of time is perhaps more important than the appointment slots on my calendar. When I meditate, my days are so much smoother because I move through them with a sense of peace, of ease, of intention, in a way that wasn't accessible to me without learning to be still in my body and my mind. Learning to feel those subtle movements of my breath, to consciously feel the weight of my clothes on my body, the ache of my hip and how a gentle adjustment can ease the discomfort, that's all taught me patience and how to slow down time within myself. Viktor Frankl, the Holocaust survivor, neurologist, psychiatrist, and author of Man's Search for Meaning put it this way, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Learning how to be still teaches you how to lengthen that time between stimulus and response, giving you a greater power to choose how you wish to experience the world and affect the world. I'm Marie Burns Holzer, and you can find me at Marie Burns Holzer on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode of Spoonful Spirituality, be sure to check out the other Good Risings offerings available in our feed. Now go be excellent to yourself and each other. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.